Yo, 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 what is going on, you guys? It's your favorite video game podcast, and we're back to our regularly scheduled programming with myself and Blake here. Yo, we're back at it like a bad habit, man. Yes. <laughs> the Sticky Buttons <laughs> podcast. Uh, dude, I'm just so excited to be back, man. Be back on the mic. Yeah, dude, we've got a great episode for today. Um, and yeah, we had some guests. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That's so... Yeah. We're, we're trying yeah. to make this show a little bit more sustainable for us. So we're trying to just, you know, mix things up. So let us know if you have any thoughts. For sure. But yeah, dude. I had a great time um, chatting with Andrew and it was fun learning about Resident Evil. Yeah. I had a great time chatting with Ronald. Shout out to Andrew. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Thanks for going to PAX and getting on that episode with Blake. <laughs> and shout out to Ronald. Thank you so much for taking time away from streaming to uh, get on our podcast and uh, chat yeah. Resident Evil. Brandon didn't tell me about that one. I'm a little bit sad, dude. I really wanted to, as soon as I heard it was about Resident Evil, I was like, man, I wish I was there. I have so many questions. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. It was a hell of an episode. As you can probably tell, Ronald is just a fountain of knowledge on that title. I recommend anyone go watch his streams because he's running through all he's of the Resident through all Evil of them. titles from zero. Like he's just going through all of them. So shout out to him for that that dedication and commitment and coming on their podcast and shedding some light on that title that means so much to him and, and millions around the world. So yeah. yeah, that was really fun to listen to. And you know, Brandon, it's so weird because... I mean, you and me, we like video games here at the Sticky Buttons Podcast, but I feel like we both just completely missed this franchise. Like, neither of us have played it. I don't know. We, I don't think we've ever mentioned it in an I don't episode. Think so either. Like, out of our 70-something episodes, we have never mentioned it once, probably. I don't think so. And honestly, this, this past... Was a Resident 4 remake? Yeah. I think that's the one that just came out. I heard a lot of really good buzz about that, and I don't know, Ronald might have convinced me, so we might have to pick that <laughs> up. I don't oh, know. Man. I know. He definitely convinced me, too. I'm looking forward to getting a Resident Evil title. I got to make some things happen first before I jump into that, because it's one of those titles that, like, from the way Ronald was describing it, it really is a time crunch. Like, you're going to want to sit there for hours. Yeah, because it kind of seems like it's like a first person, it's like first person shooter, but there's like Single horror player, elements. Yeah, and it's yeah. like that horror element. I mean, you could do, there is like a multiplayer. I think Resident Evil 4 is that one where it's, there's that multiplayer element, that co-op element. But yeah, it's really cool. It kind of reminds me of an arcade game where, you know, you have like the co-op and you can like play on that. Oh, it was like the two like plastic guns? Yeah, yeah. Oh but, man, uh, that's actually kind of fun. It's a nice feel, <laughs> like it has that feel to it, but it's just yeah. like, a little more intense, a little more in it. I'd be curious to play that game with a VR headset and just see how that. And yeah, don't they have don't they have one that's in VR? I'm fairly certain they do probably. That'd be interesting, man. I guess, well, maybe we'll uh, keep your eyes on the horizon for that one. <laughs> But yeah, thanks for our guests coming on. That was awesome. That really gave us each a little bit of a break. And you know, we have some big, big life updates. You know, me and Brandon, we've been doing a lot over here. Yep, Brandon's yep. about to graduate in like a month. So shout out to you, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. It's exciting, man. It's it's great to put a cap on that project. And, you know, now I can, I can play video games all day because I'm a college graduate. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do whatever we want now, man. <laughs> Yeah, and I moved recently as well, so that was super nice to kind of have a like a break from the pod and lug all the all the heavy furniture. <laughs> but we're back, back at it, the Sticky Buttons podcast, 
And man, it feels so good to be on the mic. I know we already said that, but dude, I'm just so excited to jump in today. But before we do, I did want to kind of just talk about the state of video games right now, just because it's been so long since we've checked in. Dude, there's some massive titles coming out in the next couple of months, and one that we're not going to talk about today, but one of my most anticipated games of the year, Jedi Survivor, just released. And we're not going to talk about it today, but I will say, Brandon, it exceeds my expectations. I absolutely love it. I'm having such a blast, and it's made me cry once already, uh, which I didn't really expect. (laughs) But it is some hype Jedi action, so I absolutely love it. Jedi Survivor. Absolutely recommend you play Jedi Fallen Order if you haven't already. And we want to plug our YouTube right now. I made a video. I really kind of wanted to make a video about how much I love Jedi Fallen Order, but I wanted to make like a clickbaity title and kind of just like a, I don't know, a concept that might appeal to more people. I think I named it something like how Jedi Survivor might be a bust or something like that. Yeah. So, and it did pretty well. The algorithm picked that up. So, <laughs> it did. It did. It Go seemed like the out. timing of that with, you know, just the release of the new title and the algorithm, it, it, it seemed like that amplified it and it just reached a ton of people. I think it was at like, how many views was it when we. Right were now it about has it? like 1.7 thousand right now, which is quite a lot for our YouTube videos. So I guess if you're checking this out from seeing us on the YouTube, thank you. Hello. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that was really cool. I mean, that's the first time we've made a video of that style and of that, I guess, length. And I guess, man, it's just crazy because that like 15 minute video, it took me about 30 hours to make, which is just absolutely crazy. Like all said and done, like the script capturing the gameplay and the editing it was a labor of love. Like, that's crazy. I don't think I've ever spent so much time on, like, one single thing. Wow. So, that was crazy. <laughs> Did it feel rewarding at the end? Like, I kind of... Like, put this together. I mean, a little bit, but at the same time, like, I had already kind of committed, and I was, like, 10 hours in, and I didn't realize how long it was going to take me. Because I have never made a video quite of that length and style before where I'm pretty much like talking. I'm talking the whole 15 minutes and then I've got gameplay, you know, kind of showing what's going on in the script. It had to come out just because of the nature of it. It had to come out before Jedi Survivor released. And I kind of was like, oh, I've got like a week. Like it's kind of got to be done. It kind of sucked a little bit because it was like I'd get off work and it's like, all right, I'm just going to work on this and that's going to be my night. And I would just like sit at my desk and work on it for like two weeks straight and it was like I don't know it was okay but I mean it was really fun to like all said and done like I think I want to still make things like that but I think I want to give myself like more time to do it yeah and also like I mean obviously it's about how much I love Jedi Fallen Order but it's kind of like not really as relevant now that Survivor's come out and it's awesome so kind of want to maybe make things that are a little more timeless in the future but I guess stay tuned to our YouTube because the next video I'm making, I've got it cooking in my brain. So. <laughs> yeah, now I was just about to say, now you got to make the Survivor video. I might have to wait till I finish that. But yeah, really quick on the state of video games. Jedi Survivor released last week. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom comes out next Friday from when we're recording. So actually, I think it will be out by the time this audio comes out. And Starfield is coming out in like a month. Dude, Tears of the Kingdom... It's next Friday. Damn. <laughs> That's their two crazy titles. Sounds like a good yeah. summer. 
Yeah. Also, Pokemon DLC, which we haven't talked about <laughs> Pokemon in a while, but... Really, there's some DLC coming out for... What game is it again? Yeah, I don't even know. Scarlet and Violet? <laughs> if you're new to the Sticky Ones podcast, we absolutely love Pokemon, but we both had to put that one down. Yeah, we're rocking with it, so... <laughs> I don't think I've ever put a game down, Brandon, based on like technical issues... But I had to draw the line with, with Scarlet and Violet. That was, I've never played a game that bad. <laughs> Buggy, like, performance-wise. It was fun. It was just like... Yeah, I'm really... It's not what I was looking for. Yeah, I'm really disappointed by it. I think it's pretty much everything that I've wanted in a Pokemon game. Just couldn't run. So, I actually, I'm gonna... Maybe off the air, I'm gonna try and convince you to get a different game. That's a turn-based game. It's called Chained Echoes. Have you heard of Chained Echoes? No, I haven't. Dude, I think we might have to play this game. So I talked about this a little bit on our PAX episode. It's a game I got to demo. It's kind of like a turn-based adventure game, kind of like an RPG, but it's very pixelated in like a fantasy world. It's kind of got like Pokemon vibes, kind of got like Dragon Quest vibes, okay. and like a really beautiful pixel world. And there are also some mechs in it. So I think we might have to check that out, man. We might have to put that one on the list. Does it remind you of Timefall at all? No, because, I mean, not really because you're looking down like a top, it's like a top-down RPG. But, I mean, you do pilot some mechs and you get some really sick powers in those mechs. So, so I'm really about it. I haven't picked it up yet. I think I'm going to wait until I play some more Jedi and Zelda. And then maybe we'll have to bring that around. But the topic for today's episode is roguelikes and roguelites which is a genre we've kind of talked about here on the pod before. You know, I mean, we did that Returnal episode. I've brought Hades up before. But this is kind of a genre that I feel like is coming into more and more popularity. And it's not something I necessarily would have checked out if it wasn't for the pod. But I've checked out a couple of different games and I've really been enjoying it. You know, like COD Zombies, Hades, and Returnal are all in this genre. But it's kind of like a weird name. So I think we wanted to talk about that. And then maybe also just another games in the genre that we've been playing. So the genre is described in two ways. It's roguelite and roguelike. Rogue, L-I-T-E and rogue, L-I-K-E-S. So do you have the definition for those, Brandon? I guess on like what the difference is that you could read off? Yeah, so the difference is a roguelike is any genre of computer role-playing games loosely characterized by various characteristics such as randomized environment generation, perma-depth, and turn-based movement, also text-based or primitive tile-based graphics, and hack-and-slash gameplay. And then Rogue Light has most of the game design philosophies of roguelikes, but also has at least one progression element that persists after failure. So it's like a bit of an alternate version. Yeah, it's really kind of confusing. Like, I don't know. I personally think it's kind of confusing, like the names of the genres and the label of it. But from my understanding, roguelike is something like the early zombies where you just kind of jump in and you can get like weapons to upgrade yourself throughout the run. But as soon as the run's over, like it's over, you start back with the starting pistol. But then whereas like in the later zombies, you get... I don't know, like a currency that you can upgrade your ability 
or like for example in Hades there's like a currency that you can use during the run and then you can also get a currency that you can spend after the run to permanently upgrade your character and I think that it's like that distinction between like if there's a progression element that you can continue on or if it, everything you've learned is just knowledge I think that's kind of the distinction between the two but I, I mean, honestly, I'm so new to this genre that I'm still kind of in the air about it. Do you think that it's important to kind of make those distinctions? I mean, they're so similar. Do you think it's important to have a label when we're talking about it or or when you're playing? Like, do you are like, oh, I need to know what genre this is? I do think it is important because the label was created for a reason. Someone created something different or rather like a group of people created a different kind of style of game that deserves recognition. And so, you know, to me, it, it does deserve that title of roguelike or roguelite, you know, and I'm sure if we were in the world of game development, you know, those titles would mean a lot more to us. It's, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, it might just be something where we're just so new to playing it that it isn't really relevant to us yet because we just don't have the, experience or vernacular but i wanted to give an example of, of some other ones that we played <laughs> and one of them is uh i played on my steam deck and it's <laughs> it's in beta i think but it's a really funny kind of conceit of the game and if you don't mind would you google this brandon while i tell you about it it's called champion crab <laughs> and it's like a third person shooter but you're a crab and like you look like a very realistic crab and you either have like a shotgun or like two wielding shotguns and there are other crabs that like come at you and you just kind of kill these other crabs and then they drop you know like loot and then you permanently upgrade your crab and it is absolutely crazy <laughs> this game i mean it is so fast paced like if you're by a computer, Google Champion Crab because it is absolutely crazy. I'm looking I'm like, at gameplay right now. It looks so <laughs> fast-paced. It's crazy because yeah. you wouldn't think that like a crab, I guess you would think that like a crab is, you know, fast-paced. Like for me, I was like, oh, if crab's not going to be fast-paced, but I mean, I guess they have eight legs. But I mean, it feels really incredibly good to do that. And there is kind of like a story behind the development of this. Let's see if I can pull up the story. Okay, so this this Champion Crabs is by the same developer, or I don't know if it's a developer, I guess it's a creator. I guess they started developing this game after this, but there was a song by this DJ called Crab Rave on YouTube. Have you heard of Crab Rave, Brandon? No, I haven't heard of that yet. It's on YouTube right now. You can watch it. It was released in 2018, and... Here, let's see. As of right now, this this YouTube video, Crab Rave, has over 244 million views on it. And it's kind of just like an EDM video where these crabs are kind of like dancing around. So <laughs> it's kind of a funny video. And this creator ended up creating or ended up developing Champion Crab. So that was really fun. Do you think you'd check that one out, Brandon? Yeah, it looks really fun. The gameplay looks really fast-paced. The concept is sick. It was like 10 bucks, but I mean, it's on the PC uh, game stores. So it's on like Steam, and I think it's on other places as well. So if you have a, a computer, you can pick that up for 10 bucks. 
And then another one I played recently is called Risk of Rain, which is another third-person shooter. And you kind of just go through these procedurally generated levels and take out the bosses and the enemies, and they kind of drop money, and you use that to pick up buffs that will, like, permanently upgrade you. Or not permanently, or they'll, like, upgrade you in the run. So, like, I would got this one upgrade where it was, like, a rocket launcher on my shoulder. Or, like, every three or four shots, it would, like, also shoot a rocket launcher. And I got one where it would, like, double my damage. And then I had one where it would light enemies on fire. So, I mean, these kind of games, they're really fun and they can really create a lot of chaos. So, these roguelikes and roguelites, they can be any genre. Like, Returnal's a first-person shooter. Hades is, like, a top-down action game. And both Risk of Rain and Champion Crab are third-person shooters. But I guess the featured game that we're going to talk about today is Slay the Spire. Would you like to talk about that one, Brayden? Just kind of give us a, a quick on dirty on what Slay the Spire is. Yeah, so Slay the Spire is a card game. So to say it's a turn-based combat game. And the goal is to work through several levels of Aspire. Mm-hmm. Each level having a number of potential encounters distributed in a branching structure with a boss character at the end of the level. I've only started playing this game recently myself, so I'm still very early on it. I'm only working now through my first branch, Mm -hmm. and it's very, very intriguing. Like, it's captivating from the first... Because I remember downloading it and then just being like, I'm just going to play really quickly and put it down, and I ended up just being pulled into a couple different levels of Aspire and just trying to, like, figure out, okay, like, what's next? Like, what card can I get next? What rewards are I going to get? So it's a really fun game, really captivating game. And it's no wonder it gets the ratings that it's getting. I mean, it gets a 10 out of 10 on Steam. So, yeah, Save the Spire. Check it out if you haven't already. Yeah, it's really fun. And I've played a little bit more than Brandon. I mean, I haven't played too much. I mean, I've done, I think, maybe four or five total runs of these branching structures, kind of like you mentioned. So you kind of start out and, you know, you start out with a character and as you, you know, play a couple more runs, you'll get more characters and they each have like different sets of cards. So like the first one, the first person that you're playing as right now, like they're kind of more of an all around character. Then the second character you unlock, they're an assassin. And it's really cool because they'll have a bunch of like low cost cards that do like a little bit of damage and they're kind of just these like throwaway daggers. But I mean, it's kind of like a turn-based game where you you kind of draw cards and you have like energy to play the cards. And you can see above the enemy's head how much damage they're gonna do to you the next turn. So you can try to block that. And you know, you have a health bar, they have a health bar, and you really have to take on like just like a huge amount of these enemies to get to a boss. And then if you make it through the boss, they give you full health and you get some like really good cards. And it's really interesting just going through it, like, because you can also get into these, like, mystery encounters. And, I mean, you wouldn't have have gotten into any of these mystery encounters if you are just in the first one. But there's one, and I was doing it as this assassin. And so I was doing this one run, and I was the assassin, so I had, like, a lot of, like, these dagger cards, which are just kind of, like, quick. They do quick damage, but you only get them at, like, the start of your turn. So you basically start the whole encounter with doing a lot of damage really quick, but then you kind of have to like scramble to survive through the encounter if you can't end it soon. But I got this one, or I walked into this, it was like a random encounter, and it was like, you see it, 
like a line of cultists. And it was like, do you decide to join the line or move on? And then I decided to join the line of cultists. And it was like, they all start chanting and one by one, you know, they like start to scream and do you like scream with them and you like decide to like lean into it. And this is all through kind of like dialogue and you kind of choose like yes or no, like A or B. And you kind of walk up to the altar and you get like the choice. It's like, do you let the priest cut your arm and drain blood into their basin or do you walk away in shame? And I was like, I'll let him like cut my arm and, and give them blood and all the cult and like you. So like the priestess cuts your arm and you give them some blood and it's like all the cultists chant and scream and you do too. Why not? And then I got this one card where it was, it did a lot of damage. So it was a really good card, but if it was able to kill an enemy, it permanently or it permanently for that run up to the amount of damage that card did. So it was like, if I could get kills with that one card, that one card kept getting better every time I got a kill with it, which was really cool. Cause you start out with like a set amount of cards and then it kind of shuffles your, you kind of go through your deck, but then at the beginning of every encounter, you start with the full deck. And then it kind of like, once you make it through your deck, you kind of restart. And there are cards that you can like permanently remove them from that encounter, or you can like completely, you know, throw the card away. And I just found this game to be, be so much fun, man. And it's just like you said, like, I really pick it up. And I'm like, okay, I want to do like one or two. And it's just, I end up being like, oh, just one more. Like, just give me like another encounter. I just want to keep going. So, yeah, I really enjoyed Slay the Spire. And it's actually, it's on everything. It's on mobile as well. We haven't brought up a, a mobile game in a while, but you can get this for, I think it's $9.99 on mobile. I'm playing it on PlayStation. I think it's on the Switch as well. I would definitely play that on mobile myself because it would probably run really well on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, it's turn-based and the art's, the art's pretty cool. I haven't unlocked all the characters, but I just unlocked this one and did a run with it. And he's like a robot. He's like called the Defect or something like that. And <laughs> he's kind of like an automaton. And he's got a bunch of cards. They're very much energy-based, so you can, like, zap your opponents and then you can charge yourself to deal damage later yeah um, it's really there they each have a different play style and they're all really fun to play with so I definitely recommend checking that one out yeah that's awesome so you're saying every branch has a different you know type of deck no 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 that, yeah so that's characters I guess the way you start out there's kind of like you said there's like a branching pattern and you can go like one of four paths and you can like branch in between like if you start on the left side you can make yourself to all the way to the right side and you kind of like just kind of pick what you want to get in you know through your phase or through this branching structure there are chests where you can get cards there are normal enemies there are mini bosses so like if you fight a mini boss for example like sometimes they give you a better card there's like rest points where if you really need some health you can stop at a rest point but if you stop at a rest point and don't get any health, you can permanently upgrade a card for that run. So there's like a lot of kind of like strategy to figuring out like what works for you. And that took me a couple of runs to figure out. And now I always try and get as many of the rest sites in as I can and just upgrade the cards because I found that that's really helpful for me. But I know that there's a popular strategy is to go towards the mini bosses because they give the best cards. But I, I try and stay away from the mini bosses when I can. I feel like I need all my health for the bosses. 
this one I think walks the line between being a roguelike and a roguelite because as you play more, you get more characters, but you don't necessarily, like it, you start with the same deck every time, even if it's a different character. So for me, I feel like it just blurs the line between a roguelike and a roguelite. So I, I don't really know. <laughs> It's like right in between like the roguelike and a roguelike kind of goes like, it's like on a Venn diagram, it's both. Yeah. I mean, you could make an argument for both, I think. But yeah, so that's roguelikes and roguelites. I mean, I'm a lot more interested in this genre now that I've played a couple of these. I've kind of found that I'm just all gravitate towards these kind of games when I don't have a ton of time to where like I wouldn't pick up a single player game. Or like, I just want to have fun. Like, just want to have a good time. That's when I'm picking these games up. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I don't really want to get too into like the story game I'm playing right now. I guess I'll just pick this up and just have a good time with it. It's interesting you mentioned Call of Duty being a roguelike because that's a game that I really like, fell into early on in my gaming career. And, you know, roguelikes have been a part of me for a really long time. really enjoy them. I also enjoy... Bloons Tower Defense, another fun mobile mm-hmm. game, which I think might be considered a roguelike or a roguelite. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's... I almost brought another game to the show where it's kind of like this genre really kind of blends because like these type of elements where it's like a run-based kind of thing. Like you could say, you know, Call of Duty, like you could make the argument that that's a roguelike. You, know, you could also make the argument that, you know, Bloon Tower Defense is a roguelike. And I was kind of thinking, like, there's a pinball game that I want to bring to the show. And I was just like, is that a roguelike too? And I guess kind of where I'm thinking, it kind of feels like it's just like a subgenre. Like, it's just like a part of the game. You know, because we're talking about, like, first-person shooters, third-person shooters, card games. It almost feels like it's just like a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe almost like turn-based combat or something where it's like, oh, you can have, like, a JRPG that has turn-based combat. I'm still figuring out how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. No, now that I think about it, I've, I've been playing roguelikes a lot. And I've had a, a great experiences with them. Dungeon Quest, Dragon Quest. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that. I don't know if Dragon Quest, I would say it's a roguelike. It's turn-based combat, and the, the levels are procedurally generated. You do dungeon crawls. Which one is this? Dragon Quest Eleven. But there you're following, like, a story. That's true. I don't know if they're procedurally generated because they're like mapped out, right? Aren't those encounters? and Yeah. Like if you go into like a dungeon. The like main events are of some other roguelikes. Like the main, if you follow, like in Slay the Spire, I'm sure. In Slay the Spire, if you follow all the main objectives, you could probably beat the game in like 12 hours. But if you were to like try to play the game fully, it'd probably take you about like 200 hours. And it's the same thing with this title I was just talking about, which is running away from me. Dragon Quest? Dragon Quest, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I guess kind of what I was thinking, I guess the way that I'm thinking about it, is if it's already part of like a designated genre, like pinball, for example, like if you looked at it, would you say, oh, is this a roguelike or is this a pinball, a pinball game? game? I was, yeah, I'm kind of leaning get- towards like it would be that other thing first. No, yeah, I get what you mean when you say subgenre, because it's definitely like... Just a way to describe the gameplay, so to say. But yeah, yeah, like overarching, like it's a pinball game. Yeah, so like I would say that Dragon Quest is 
It's more like an action, an adventure, like adventure RPG. RPG. Yeah, that maybe it has like RPG or it has maybe some roguelike, roguelike elements. elements. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, hey, we got there in the end, I guess. <laughs> That's roguelikes and roguelikes. I guess before we ended up today, I just kind of wanted to talk to you, Brandon, about. Dude, how are you feeling about Zelda, man? Are you excited for that game? I did not know it's coming out next Friday. I gotta get ready. <laughs> I gotta get ready, dude. I think I'm gonna pre-order it tomorrow. Yeah, prepare myself, you know, get started you- on this final paper that I have to write so I can just binge Yeah, Zelda. dude, you can't get too into it, man. You gotta and, finish uh, out the semester. Yeah. Just make sure I finish getting some serious senioritis here, so just wrap up all my work and then binge some Zelda man that's gonna be you fun you can binge Zelda all summer it's gonna be really fun are you excited to play this on release because yes. obviously like I guess the first Zelda like the Breath of the Wild we've kind of been talking about that a lot you know since the show's inception we love that title but we I think we picked it up like two years after it came out it's kind of when we started the show yeah and I never really got to fully beat that game and I know it's a bad habit but I think this is my shot to beat a Zelda game. You think this is the one? Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Dude, I'm excited for you. I did beat Zelda. I played it for like 40 hours, and then I put it down. And then I picked it back up. You know, I had my whole experience with it. I bought the DLC, too, and I've been kind of playing the DLC, you know, this past, like, month or two. Just, like, whenever I get that little itch, I'll just... I'll <laughs> I'll just play some of it. Yeah, I'm really excited for the sequel. I think I may buy it on the release day, but I think I'm going to play. I think I want to finish Jedi Survivor before I really get too far into Zelda. Yeah, that makes sense, man. It's not a good idea to just buy all these titles and then not give them the time that they deserve. So. Yeah, I haven't finished a game in a long time, which I'm kind of... I haven't rolled credits on a game in probably like eight months. I guess it's like a sacrifice you make when you have a video game podcast and a full-time job. You know, it's like... Yeah, there's just not enough time, man. And and a life outside of it. And a whole life outside of it, yep. But, I mean, I really think I'm going to finish... I mean, I'm certainly going to finish Jedi Survivor. I'm just hoping that I can do it in like a reasonable time frame. Yeah, I know you can do it in a reasonable time frame, considering the amount of hours you've already put. You're on pace to complete it by approximately Wednesday next week. <laughs> I, don't so. I don't think it's going to happen. I have put a lot of time into it, but I'm still like, I'm really just taking my time and exploring like all the side paths and doing all that stuff. And I'm like, man, I should just get through the main get through the story. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But I'm just so excited just living in that world. So. I guess we'll have to talk more about that in the next one. I'm excited to hear all about it, man. That's been getting a lot of promo in the, you know, just on YouTube. I'm seeing a lot of ads and been hearing a lot about it from friends. Yeah. My friends yeah. list that's just full of that. I mean, I've just been having so much fun with it, man. Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, do we have some time. Do you want to get into it a little bit right now? Yeah, why not? Yeah. So I guess I'll kind of just talk about like, you know, some of my opening thoughts, like first impressions. You know, I was really scared that it just wasn't going to, like, live up to the first one. You know, I've kind of said before, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, you know, is my favorite game of all time. And the story just really hit me emotionally. I really absolutely loved, you know, the characters and just exploring the Star Wars world. And it came out, you know, right at the time when I, I moved out here to New York. And I was looking for a job. 
and it, everything just hit at kind of the right time and you know, it was a game I needed to get lost in and I just loved it. So I was a little bit nervous that I, I didn't think the story was going to, you know, kind of live up to the first one. And as soon as I, because I hadn't really heard anything about the story in the first game or like in the promotion of Jedi Survivor. And as soon as I like kind of figured out where I was going, I just like, I was like, oh shit, this is so cool. And like, I did kind of have like tears of joys in my, in my eye. <laughs> so I did kind of cry a little bit, shed one tear and I'm just so excited to get back into it. I got to fight a Rancor, which was really cool, which is the animal that like grabs Luke in Jabba's palace. Yeah. It's in like Jabba's pit. And like Luke like drops a door on him. Mm-hmm. So I got to fight one of those with my lightsabers. I took him straight on. Head on, man. <laughs> I got him. But it was a crazy, a crazy boss fight because he pretty much would one-shot you. So you had to be like flawless in this boss fight. And I actually I recorded it and I think I might try and put it up on our TikTok. I'm gonna try and throw it up on our YouTube too. We'll see how long it is. But I'm really excited about that. You get some new lightsaber abilities which is just awesome. So I'm so excited about that. And yeah, I've just been having a blast with it, man. The exploration is really cool. I mean, it's a gorgeous game. I've even hopped into the photo mode a little bit. So that's been really fun. So, oh man, Jedi Survivor, dude. I can't wait to just play it. We're going to end this podcast. I'm going to get right on. (laughs) Jedi Survivor, man, dude. It's definitely living up to it for me. And I'm just so excited to play some more and see some more of the world. And I'm excited to hear more about it, and I'm glad to hear that it's living up to your expectation. It's not that it's better than the second one. I mean, the first one, so to say. Yeah. So I mean, so far it definitely has been, and it's been exceeding my expectations. I'm just been just having so much fun with it, you know. So that's awesome. It was an expensive game. Like I haven't dropped seventy dollars on a game in a while, and I pre-ordered this one to get like extra content. I'm like pre-ordering the deluxe edition after taxes. It was a full $97. I think the most I've ever spent on a new video game. <laughs> you ever spent $97 on a video game, Brandon? I spent like 120 on 2K, but don't let my girlfriend hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving us a little bit, a tidbit there, Blake. I know that was hard for you. At first, you didn't you didn't want to say anything about it at first. Yeah, I wanted to save it for the next episode, yeah, but I guess that's a I'll little tease. It. Well, I guess I'll have to get some more thoughts in order for the next one. For sure. <laughs> but, dude, I'm good to end it up if you are. I'm good to go. Thank you so much for tuning in, y'all. It's been the Sticky Buns Podcast. We're back at it, baby. We're back <laughs> at it. And, you know, we got some good content coming up for you guys. And just stay tuned. Support us on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and share with a friend. That's the best way you can support. It's just share. Share with a friend. Yeah, share Thank with you. a friend. And go check out that YouTube video that I made about Jedi Fallen Order. That was pretty cool. And I had a fun time making it, despite it taking me forever. So <laughs> check that out. And thanks so much. This has been great. It's been a pleasure. May the Force be with you. Yeah, may the Force be with you. All right, bye. Ha, ha, ha.